Hey guys, I'm Cernry. I'm Mitsuki. I'm Yanko. I'm Kleena. And this is Progressive Perspective. So we're about 20 days into the Biden administration, and they've definitely made a lot of promises on the campaign trail. So I guess, what are your first impressions of how they're doing on those promises? Um, I have, I've always had like a, like personally, a very negative impression of like how the Biden administration is going to turn out. And I feel like the first few weeks have pretty much confirmed um, what I personally thought and what many other progressives thought was going to happen, which was that he was going to basically just snake a lot of the promises that he made. He's already basically failed on the $2,000 checks. Instead, he's going, he's, he's trying to be smart with the 1400 plus 600 idea, which no one believes. Um, so he's already broken that promise. He's already failed to, to deliver on the minimum wage. Um, and, and then he's basically walked back his entire public option plan. So, sudden, so I mean, while I'm not surprised, I'm certainly very, I just feel like the first few weeks don't really make me optimistic about what the next few years have to bring. I, I guess my first impression is that it's very boring, which I guess you can say is a good thing compared to the last four years. But uh, I agree with what Cernery said and that it's like we already see the shortfalls of the promises that he made. And I think like we all expected that, too, because once once Bernie lost the primary, that, that that's where I was like, OK, well, there's like little hope for the future. But I mean, I guess it's better than another Trump administration. But I guess the question is, could we have done better than that? So I don't know. Yeah, I think um, everybody was kind of just waiting for, like, a sense of normalcy to return. Uh, So they were kind of desperate for, like, a very typical president, Um, like pretty much all the presidents before, sounding very presidenty compared to at least um, what uh, Trump had been before. So I think um, in in some ways it returns back to everything that it, like, the U.S. presidency and, like, what it represents was, like, before. Um, But unfortunately, that doesn't really mean progress. It just means uh, returning back to what the standard was supposed to be in the first place. And a standard we're supposed to build up, not stay at at the same level. Well, I'm just going to go for the contrarian take. I think it hasn't been as bad as those of you have been stating, which obviously Cernery is going to roast me for immediately after I'm finished. But um, if Biden can get his $1.9 trillion stimulus package without any means testing and get the $15 minimum wage passed, I'd say it's been going pretty well. But that's an if, if he gets both of those. And as for Senate confirmations, I think most of them were pretty okay. The only one I kind of have an issue with is Lloyd Austin, because right before he was put onto a Secretary of Defense, a DOD, Department of Defense, um, he was on like the board of like Raytheon which I find kind of problematic because, you know, Raytheon's a company that, you know, sells these weapons. But um, besides that, yeah, just if you can get the $15 minimum wage and $1.9 trillion stimulus package, I'll be pretty happy. Yeah, yeah so did that... I, I might have misheard. 
I might have misheard, but did you say if he can pass a $15 minimum wage? Yeah. That was one of your conditions for it's going well? Yeah. Okay. Well, good news or terrible news, actually, is he's not doing that. Um, the bill that was passed did not include the $15 minimum wage because um, you can't you just, do it for, for reconciliation. It's not. You can, though. You can. If you over, if you have 51 votes, then you can put the um, I mean, I think the CBO report also came out with like saying that it would be affecting the budget. So that's complete. It's perfectly fine to use budget reconciliation for $15 minimum wage. But it's just that Biden didn't vote for the amendment. So I think, it was wait, wait, hold on, let me finish the point. Is that you are saying, wage. you are saying, if he can get the $15 minimum wage, that's one of your conditions, right? And he the didn't, is the it's not a trillion. And there's no way, and if you're saying that say it's not gonna happen. Reconciliation, and I said he just needs to get it passed. You think he's gonna get 10 Republican votes for a $15 minimum wage? I'm just saying if he can get it passed, I mean, I'm saying after he gets the passed in the $1.9 trillion stimulus package, right. I'll yeah, be happy. That's not even, so so what are you angry with? If you think Biden's not going to get it passed, then no, I'll just no, not no, be no, happy no, with no, Biden no. and you win. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, all I'm not saying the Biden president, I think you're misinterpreting what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that the Biden presidency is going to be this horrible apocalypse. I think it's just going to be a return to the Obama's years, right? And that was like, it's not like the, it was like not the Biden's end of the world. Saying that, like everything that he's done has been good, right? Reversing the transgender military ban, ending those federal contracts for private prisons. Those are good. They're not great. They're not, that's not progress, but they're, they're not things that I openly disagree with. My, my problem with him has always been that he's not doing enough, that he's never going to do enough. Right. But I have nothing. I don't think what he's the things that he's doing is bad. I think fourteen hundred dollars is great. Is it as good as two thousand? No. Right. And that's always been my problem. So none of us are here saying that, oh, it's absolutely horrible. It's just like Trump. No, we're saying that he's not doing enough to um, make actual progress. His entire approach to stimulus has been riddled with. Um, a sense of like, not, with no sense of urgency, right? He's taking his sweet time to like get these, like talk to sit down with, with Republicans that he's not even intending to, you know, pass their bill in the first place. He's just wasting all this time. And then there's also a lack of transparency. Is like, is he going to do budget reconciliation? Is he not? Is he going to include $2,000 stimulus checks? Is he going to include $15 minimum wage? He's not telling us any of this. Right. And what's happening is they're deliberately lowering our expectations, just like they did with the cabinet picks, so that when they do something that's not adequate, but it's still better than what we expected, then suddenly it feels like a victory that they passed it through budget reconciliation when, oh, wait, they didn't include the $15 minimum wage. I disagree with you on the urgency. I don't see it as nearly as urgent as you do. As I've already stated the last few times we had this argument, the, actually, what's happening right now in the status quo is nowhere nearly as bad as most people are thinking. The economy is actually surprisingly strong due to the amount of benefits paid out through the first uh, st two waves of stimulus. And poverty rates are actually fairly low. Just because people aren't like starving doesn't mean that the situation isn't urgent, but... 
urgency literally means if you don't do something soon, there's going to be catastrophic effects. What's your definition of urgent then? When people need the money to like pay rent, that's pretty urgent. Like you don't have to be yeah. in people poverty. Are paying the rent you don't have to be someone that has no, Wait, hold on. You don't well, have you to can be, make the argument have, that it's always urgent to pass stimulus because there's always someone who can't make rent. Yes, Medicare. Like a lot of these, well, a lot of these progressive ideas are very urgent. Like Medicare for all, raising the minimum wage. It's not like, like it's not like the apocalypse is. Gonna, it's not like a. It's not like like the sun is going to explode if we don't pass Medicare for all right now. But it is very urgent because people are dying. You don't do something really quickly. Bad things are going to happen. Yes. Like terrible things are going to happen. Are you going to say that Medicare for all is not something we need right now? Just because, oh, it's not like people are starving. It's the economy is doing okay. People aren't starving to death right now. So there's no urgency. No, you wouldn't argue that because that's stupid, right? We do need Medicare for all right now. Well, I mean, but before COVID how we need hit, stimulus right now. Well, before COVID hit, were you always arguing that it was urgent to pass stimulus? I mean, it's the same exact situation economically. I don't think you were. No one was. I so don't think that it really isn't that. Look, I want to give. I want to give. Uh, I think Mitsuki wants to say something, but it's just so weird that you're saying. First of all, you obviously cannot compare right now to before COVID. That's just. A false comparison. Well, I told you, um, if you look at poverty rates, the poverty rate right now is similar to actually lower than before COVID because of the benefits from the first two waves of stimulus. And I can show you the data. Oh, wait, no, I can't see it. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, on. you know, <laughs> I thought that there would be an argument between Cerner and Yanka, but I didn't think it would happen like a minute into the podcast. So. I mean, I guess we'll we'll hear a lot more of that later then. <laughs> okay, well, um, I think uh, today, actually, uh, Democratic House leadership included the $15 minimum wage in the House Reconciliation Bill. Uh, I think I, I, I am reading an article that says that, but um, it might be wrong. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean... Speaking strictly about the stimulus checks, it, it's like uh, Joe Joe Biden's kind of just like, you know, oh, I don't think the $15 can get passed. And then he's been advocating for it and he put it in the original plan. So I, I think it's a lot of like this this situation in itself describes like uh, his presidency as a whole so far. Like he makes this big promise and then you only get part of it or like you get like a very small portion of it. So it's, I mean, it's like you, you have, you set the bar really high and you can't meet it. I don't, I don't really know if that's the necessarily the best way to keep Americans happy, but I guess that's how things are going right now. And I think it's also kind of just overall disappointing because I know that he was campaigning in a lot of areas promising that he would um, offer new uh, a new round of stimulus. Um, and a lot of people voted for him because of that. Um, but I think like as with a lot of government services, it's kind of like the, it, there's like, a limited extent to which people kind of like trust that this is really going to like the promises are actually going to happen just because um, like Cerny was saying, uh, Joe Biden seems more intent on trying to like ensure that he's working with the entirety of Congress 
rather than focusing on actually passing a bill that's supposed to help people. So it's like less about the fact that he managed to like get in these employment benefits and promise all these things because oftentimes um, like there is a level of urgency um, that requires more money more quickly. So it's less of a matter of like these other benefits that are definitely good that um, are included in this bill, but it's the fact that um, it's lacking on the immediate funds that despite like less people being in poverty, right? Like even if that is true, uh, which it, it may well be, it's still important um, that the people that are still in poverty are getting help, um, especially like immediate help. Uh, and that's like a condition that needs to be met regardless. So I think, um, yeah, it's kind of like it has shortcomings, but it's not awful, right? Because at least we're getting more money and that's that's what matters. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, was, I was, someone's echoing. Um, but I was really, um, I don't know, when I heard him talk about stimulus before this whole, the whole Sinead, the whole thing was happening with like the $2,000 checks, I was actually under the impression that he was, he was going to do something huge, right? I was kind of like, I was I was going to take a break from just hating on him all day because I was like because the the way he talked about um stimulus and he was like oh I'm I'm about to be the next FDR y'all aren't ready for this that was basically his rhetoric right and he was like okay he came out in support of $2000 checks but that's only after Bernie Sanders fought tooth and nail to get those things passed right and and then some, and so I was like kind of afraid that he was going to actually, or I wasn't afraid, but I, I thought he was going to actually do something good for once in his life. And he chose not to. And I feel like a lot of people in Georgia, they voted for the $2,000 checks because that's like the only thing people, that's like the only thing they ran on basically. I think Warnock actually had ads that were literally like, if you vote for me, I'm sending $2,000 to you right now. Or like as soon as I get elected. And that's already two promises broken because the $2,000 checks have not gone out where did not go out immediately. There was no urge, like they spent a lot of time, like, you know, being busy, like um, making out with the Republicans and just like not being urgent at all. And then it's not even $2,000 checks. I think there was a compilation video actually of every time in Georgia where they, where they promised $2,000 checks. They were like, $2,000 checks out the door immediately. And now we have $1,400 um, checks out the door in four weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you can look at this from a larger Democratic Party perspective too. How does it affect the party as a whole, right? If they're not able to fulfill these promises. You know, <laughs> I was thinking about this too. Uh, so Democrats had been running on an anti-Trump strategy and now they've shifted to an anti-QAnon strategy. So my question is, when mm. are they going to shift to a policy strategy? That's a very good question. I think it's um, never. Uh, <laughs> so I actually received an email from the Joe Biden. You know how you receive those campaign emails, right? I received text. an email from the Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, I received Trump campaign emails too, but. I don't actually open those. So I was looking at, they sent me the survey. So the email was this 
just like fear mongering. It was like Marjorie Taylor Greene has introduced an impeachment like charge against Joe Biden and you have to donate right now in order to protect him when I know that he's not going to get impeached. Right. And like the fact that and the entire survey was like, do you believe in do you believe that QAnon should be stopped? And like, will you pledge your support to the Democratic Party in order to stop QAnon and Marjorie Taylor Greene? And I mean, it's not just my anecdotal experiences. It's just like a lot of their strategy now revolves around QAnon and labeling the Republican Party as the party of QAnon. And I mean, that's true, but it's also not a winning strategy. Like, it's true. Yes, you are better than the Republicans because you don't believe in QAnon. But that's not that's not the only standard that we should be holding you to. But it's it's their new excuse. Now, instead of running against Trump, they're running against Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is completely irrelevant. Like, she has no power whatsoever. And like the fact that we're elevating her so much just so that we have an excuse to not really push any policy is just very revealing to me about how far the democratic party will go to come up with excuses for not doing anything um, instead of actually doing something. Yeah. She really became like famous for that. (laughs) And I feel like uh, it's, it's like that, that is too, too much of a headline as opposed to some other things that that could be it's probably I, I feel like it's like a distraction I guess so I don't know yeah especially since we're in the middle of a pandemic and a recession everything is going on and then this is what they're talking about it's just ridiculous yeah um sorry I distracted the thing from uh, what we were talking about about the stimulus checks and the minimum wage increase but like okay Joe Manchin <laughs> is like he's against the $15 minimum wage, and then he's against the $2,000 stimulus checks. I mean, like, what are your thoughts? He's the only Democrat who can win West Virginia, so. That's just, okay, first of all. If you really want to say that, if you want to talk about a minimum wage increase, let me me tell you a story about a child named Florida. Paula Jean Swearingen, a progressive who ran on Medicare for All and the Green New Deal, ran for Senate in 2020 in West Virginia. She got 27% of the vote compared to 70% to Shelley Moore Capito. When Joe Manchin ran in 2018, you, he got you cannot. First of all, first of all, you cannot compare. It's like, okay, you can't use that. Like, you can't say that those statistics are just because of the policies that are being pushed, right? A lot of what's happening is like because of money, right? For like income, like uh, grassroots organizing, like grassroots challengers, especially those these types of progressive challengers usually don't raise as much money as like they're usually outspent like 20 to one, right? They're already at a severe disadvantage. Like we already expect them to lose, right? We expected like Cory Bush to lose. We expected Alex Morris to lose because they didn't, they were going up against really powerful established people, right? These are uphill battles. So the fact that you're saying, oh, this is an example of how, like, it's just not, really something that I would go off of. And also, I don't ever recall bringing up Medicare for all. We're talking about $15 minimum wage right now, right? And I would argue that a $15 minimum wage is actually the only one that's electable. You said that that's not true. There's others electable. So I gave you an example of how others who are more progressive aren't electable. 
I really don't know how that has anything to do with my point about the $15 minimum wage, but I'll just continue. So in Florida, we saw that the minimum wage increase was more popular than both Trump and Biden. And this is a tr- this is a state that went Republican, right? We have the Republican governor of West Virginia that's basically telling Joe Manchin, like, hey, like, the Republican governor of West Virginia is literally on his left on this issue. Like they're like he's basically saying we need to be bold with the stimulus. He came out in support of the stimulus package that included the $15 minimum wage. And it's like and even the Republican governor of your state is outflanking you on this issue. You know, there's a problem, especially because Joe Manchin is not something is not someone that had like Joe Manchin doesn't have more power than Joe Biden does in the Democratic Party. But Joe Biden doesn't want to use his power to actually push Joe Manchin on this issue, which is why we're seeing this problem. And it's really just because Joe Manchin provides them with a convenient excuse for not doing anything, despite having a majority in both um, the, uh, the House and the Senate. You'd be surprised by how powerful Joe Manchin actually is. He's part of the leadership committee. He's the only one that can win West Virginia. You saw in 2018, he threatened the Democrats that he wouldn't run for re-election, and then they had to change everything up just to get a convince him to run for re-election. What? And wait, first of all, I mean, it's very clear that he does actually care a lot about re-election because of what happened on the stimulus checks. And when he was like, oh, we, I don't support stimulus. I just don't support these $2,000. You're saying that Biden has the power to force Joe Manchin into doing stuff. I'm saying that Joe Manchin He's actually has president. a lot of power. President. Like, it's pretty much established that the president is, like, the de facto leader of the party at that point. And you kind of need his endorsement. The president doesn't and things have like that. much power. You really why do you think Trump failed to repeal Obamacare? Three Republicans, senators voted against it. The president doesn't he have that Trump, much power. I mean, that's, 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 Trump had the same problem, is that he didn't use his power in a way that was ideological, right? He cares more about personal relationships. He did. He attacked them right? all the time. Trump had a lot of power. Like, you, could, you, if you, you are a fool if you're going to argue that Trump does not have power in the Republican Party. He just oh, chooses cool, not to use cool. it. Trump? You think Trump doesn't have pow- power in the Republican Party? Trump Did you not pay attention to all the time? Reasons? My point was that his power wasn't enough to stop any of those three Republican senators from voting against him. I'm saying it's the same issue that Biden has, and Biden has even less of a grip on the Democratic Party than Trump has on the Republican Party. I think your point is basically refuted when you look at Ted Cruz's election in 2018, when he basically, when he, when literally the only thing that saved him from Beto was Trump coming into the state and campaigning for him, right? And that's what that's when Ted Cruz is like literally on Trump's side for basically everything, um, despite Trump like like you know insulting his wife and all that. And like it's very clear. And the difference, Joe popular in West Virginia than Joe Biden. Like Biden can't do anything for Manchin. You realize that, right? Manchin's like 10, 20 more points more popular than Biden in West Virginia. And you really think that Joe Manchin doesn't need the support of Democratic leadership as an no, establishment figure? All. Distancing himself from Democratic leadership actually makes him more popular in West Virginia. Because West Virginia is a plus 20 Republican state. I mean, he flipped on $2,000 stimulus checks. Clearly, there's something there. Look, I don't want to go on. 
Okay, okay. I don't want to go on. That seems like, like we, we have a lot to say right. about Joe Biden's exercise of power. So why don't we talk about his executive actions? Very good idea, Mitsuki. I don't know where you got that from. Yeah, um, I have no idea. I definitely Yeah, you're very creative. Um, but there, I feel like a lot of his executive actions is like, you know, they're being celebrated for basically no reason. It's just reversing what Trump has done. It's not that big of a deal. Um, and so, yeah, like re-entering the Paris Climate Agreement. Yeah. I mean, who, what even is the Paris Climate Agreement? Like, what does that do? Literally nothing. Literally nothing. Literally nothing. Right. And it's non-fighting. And a lot of that's exactly a lot of the progressive a lot of the so-called progressive actions that he's doing are all just examples of virtue signaling where he's doing these things like putting um what Harriet Tubman on the twenty dollar bill and then getting making sure making sure that transgender people can serve in the military and then ending federal contracts for private prisons. All of those things don't actually do anything don't actually do anything like significantly good they just make us think that he's doing good things and that's like yeah i think like it it reminds me a little bit um of like what the trump administration was like um because like trump was like literally the only way he was able to exercise power was through his executive actions Um, And, you know, I think Joe Biden's probably going to, I mean, hopefully get more than just executive actions done. Um, But I I do think we're, like, seeing a parallel in, like, the way in which they can exhibit power, which is, like, through these executive actions. Um, But as to, like, I mean, yeah, they're not actually doing anything new. So I don't know why people are praising it. I think it's just, like giving the administration an excuse to be like, oh, but, like, we return things back to normal. So um, just kind of like, you know, it's all good. Um, We don't have to do anything else. So I think, like, that's the danger in, like, ending um, what we need to do, uh, like, at this, when there's, like, so much more we need to do. So, yeah. Especially when we know that he's not going to do those extra things. Like, I mean, I was talking about how, like, when he was ending private prison contracts. That's like 10 prisons. Literally irrelevant, right? And, uh, and like, and the problem is not the private prisons. I mean, that is bad. But the problem is incarceration itself. The fact that people are in prison in the first place, right? And then I... <coughs> sorry. And then he had he had this post that was like end private prisons in like like white text and a black background. It was very cute, right? And the caption was like, "No one should be profiting off of prisons." That's funny because in public prisons, they the state uses incarcerated people that are incarcerated and takes advantage of them for cheap labor. Is that not also profiting off of incarceration? What's the difference, right? And and then people were saying, like, you have to give him a chance. Like, he's going to, you know, this is only the first two weeks. He's going to turn into Jesus in the next four years. But we saw, like, we know that he doesn't want to end the war on drugs. I think in the primaries, he was talking about how marijuana was like a gateway drug. That rhetoric is not going to come out of someone that's 
anything like Jesus, right? And then we have like, and then it's like, is he going to end incarceration of homeless people by giving people houses? No. Is he going to defund the police? Like all of these things that would actually be good for the problem, he doesn't support. So where is the policy that y'all are talking about? You're just saying that he's going to be better later on when we know that he vocally is in opposition to all of these good things. You know what the solution is? Out of curiosity, would Jesus support weed? We think Jesus would be the fourth one who it, legalize it. Well, according to Prager, you know. Yeah, so my solution is that we move to an island and take Bernie Sanders with us. That's I like that idea. <laughs> you know, it doesn't it seems so far away until you think until you remember, wait, we could have Bernie right now. Like all of this all of this stuff that Joe Biden is doing or not doing for that matter is like, you know, it's you know, I'm gonna be angry about it. I'm gonna be a bitch about it, right? But like once you remember, it could have been Bernie. It just act you actually feel depressed. Like I don't know, just I was just like feeling so terrible after like I remember binging a bunch of his rallies, um, just like from the primaries. I don't know if this is something normal, but I like binged some of his rallies because they just filled me with like the type of excitement that I really need right now. And then when I finished it just felt like there was a hole inside of me that like, and then I, and then I realized, wait, he's not even president. Like he has no power right now. Um, and it's just really sad. And I just felt really like bad for like the next few hours. Cause I had just finished watching this hopeful, like just like this hopeful future. And then suddenly it's like the, 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 the depressing present, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, it says a lot that, like, yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say, I don't think anybody would binge watch Biden rallies. <laughs> Did he even have rallies? I don't even know if he had rallies. Um, oh, actually, I think there were like pictures of like his rallies with like there was like one person, but that's besides the point. Anyway, <laughs> so. I think it says a lot, though, that a lot of the stuff that is getting done is because of Bernie when he's literally in the Senate, like as one person in the Senate. And Joe Biden isn't even the main driver of this. Like Bernie is really fighting for like he's been, you know, pushing Biden extremely hard on things like the $15 minimum wage. That was like the one concession that we got. And then he's been he was pushing really hard for the $2,000 checks. Um, and then Biden is just sitting there being, you know, useless. So I think it's like, it's just like they're in the wrong places. Like Biden should be in the Senate and Bernie should be president, right? Because like, I, I just, it's just so frustrating to me that a lot of the, like the, all of the good things that we're getting are literally because Bernie is just trying to push Biden on these things. When if Bernie was just president, everything would just be easier. Everything would be easier. We'd actually have like policies too.
you know i was looking at like okay this is kind of off topic but i was looking at the like the people um who uh who who have been serving in the Senate because I saw that like one of the senators from Alabama was like not seeking re-election anymore, but he's from like like nineteen. Richard Shelby. Yeah, yeah, him. It was hasn't he been serving since like nineteen seventy something? Like my yeah. parents were children. That's how long this guy's been serving in the Senate, which is like crazy. But anyway, yeah, uh, I think um, what's what's serving since was a hundred? Diane Feinstein. Strong. I think she was having like memory problems or something, um, in the Senate, and it's just like a lot of these really old people that are now having problems, like doing their job, and they're still in office. I think it, it's just so. I mean, I don't think term limits are necessarily the solution. Because to be honest, I don't want AOC to have term limits. Um, but it's just like I think the problem term limits. There should I think be the like problem mental and you know physical checkup for like all not just the president for like all senators and representatives. Well, I think the problem like is just that the establishment is very good at preserving itself, even when it's not in the interests of the people. So like the fact that all of our senators are super old is like a represent representation of that, especially because a lot of people are locked out of the political process. And then like, you know, um, if you watch the documentary, like knock down the house, you'll see that there's so many things that are against in like that are against grassroots organizers that are trying to run when you have literally power over all aspects of the electoral process as an incumbent. And those grassroots organizations are the ones that actually have policies. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, there is this one good thing. I will say, a lot of the times, I have a lot of friends who just tell me, look, Cernry, you just you just hate on Joe Biden for no reason. Like, everything he does, you have to... F- I mean, I probably that's probably true, because everything he does... I don't think there's been a single thing that he's done that I've actually, like, really liked... Um, but I guess one thing that comes close is kind of, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but apparently they were like, we're going to end support for Saudi Arabia um, because, you know, Saudi Arabia is like, you know, doing all that stuff in Yemen and causing like a genocide and Yemen people are dying. Um, so I guess like, like, I don't know if you guys have heard anything about that. Did any end support for like the war, like no more selling the Saudis weapons? I don't think he's made that commitment. I think all he said is we're going to end support. So I don't even know if this is something that we should be liking in the first place because it might just be another private prison contract ending type of action where it's like he says he's ending support and then like they get, they get rid of direct involvement, but they still sell. He ended all arms sales. All arms sales. Great. Every time he does something good, it's like after the whole thing with the private prisons, because the headlines made it look like he like got rid of all private prisons, and then it was, it was like actually he left the ICE detention centers. Um, it's just like there's always a but to all of these actions that he's doing, and the fact like that's why I'm so suspicious every time he does something good. It's like there's no way he actually did this. There's no way he did something good. He had to have followed it up with something bad, right? 
And that's just my mindset going in with a lot of the things that he's done, because it's true with all of the things that he's done so far. Right. With yeah, like, but I mean, I, I hope that we will, regardless, I guess we still don't know what's going to happen these next four years. Um, it's still good to, like, have an outlook of hope, like things can get better, even though they probably won't. But, you know, even if they don't, we'll probably still be here, you know, to discuss what happens next. And that's like the problem with like being a progressive is that you since you hate both parties and both parties are the ones that are in power. It's just every day is just a, a depressing day for you every time you check the news. Whereas like being a liberal is very simple, right? Every time Joe Biden does something, you're super happy, right? That's that's great, right? That's a good life. And when you're a Republican, you know, it's great because nothing bad is actually happening. Biden is not bringing socialism to America. And that's like your worst fear. So you know, life life is very simple when you're not a socialist or a leftist or just like a plain Bernie left progressive. But it's just like so bad now. Like I don't think I've ever seen like good news besides like that one time Cori Bush won her election and then that was it. Um, and then after that, it's just depressed, depressing after dep- like just continuous stream of depressing news. Yeah, this episode ended up being very um, unhopeful. I mean, I could try to pretend that I think something good is going to happen. <laughs> yes, everyone, never be... I don't know. Just give no, up. because I genuinely cannot find a reason to think that the next four years are going to be good. Especially because he's already blown away. Have I even have I mentioned his healthcare plan shenanigans? Like with the private lobbyists but that happened where he basically walked back as one healthcare promise and is now opting to just give money to the health insurance industry that's just great um it's just he he has there was a time like five weeks ago when i thought that biden was actually going to do something good he actually was going to have a a public option he actually was going to have economic stimulus he was going to give us two thousand dollar checks all of those things failed and it just makes me wonder, like, all the other things that he promised us to do, that he would do, um, is just called into question now. I guess we'll see about those promises in the next few episodes. <laughs> I'm Yanka. Um, I, actually, <laughs> I actually haven't, I actually, we actually, we actually haven't really properly thought about how we would end this. But it's um, a great way to end this, you know. I think I think that's tell everyone that yeah, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't plan this at all. Yeah, <laughs> we need to close this by saying that um, it's very late at night for us. Number one, or not actually, it's actually well, eight p.m. But well, not too all, bad. this is the it's been it's been really hard to get this off the ground, and so the like the first few episodes might be a bit um, unconventional, I will say, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. If you've made it made it this far, congratulations. Follow our Instagram or something. And um subscribe to our see you like next week. Yeah, yes, do that please as well. support. <laughs> week, this thing will be a lot better. What do you say? I said next week this will be a lot better. Yes, next week this will be a lot better. I don't know how, but it will be. Yeah.